0: This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, we're recording. We're recording Recording. Literary Breeze. Woo! Okay, so this is the Literary Breeze episode, Drinking with Authors, Rapid Fire Questions. I am your host, Erica Lance. With me today is... Valerie Willis and Vanessa Uh, Valiente. I like that Valerie put her arms up as if anyone can see (laughs) that. Every time.
1: Just know when I say my name, my arms go up. (laughs) (laughs) Our guest today is
0: Major Scott. A Meehan. I'm going to say all of that so that you can find him really easily. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Easier than just Scott Meehan, right? Yeah, do
0: not just look at Scott Meehan. Look there, at, there's a billion of them. Yes, there's apparently many. It's a very popular name. No one would know. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. So I'm drinking gin with elderberry, um, she doesn't remember tonic water, and pomegranate. You know what? <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, pal. What are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Ginger,
1: <laughs> and <laughs> Ginger whiskey and Coke. Oh,
0: oh God. God, that
1: was painful. Uh, angry orchard rose.
0: Oh shit. Mm. See, this this time I didn't say how great mine was because Scott's drinking something so much better than ours. What are you drinking, <laughs> Scott?
2: Yeah, this this is the guava iced tea.
0: Guava. He makes this guava iced tea. Yes. It's Thank thoroughly, it. thoroughly amazing. Okay. okay, so rapid fire questions. Scott, are you ready? I hope so. Okay. Well,
2: this this might be the tough part. You
0: cannot even remember what you're drinking. So what is your favorite book of all time?
2: Um, well, besides the Bible, <laughs> so, um, I would say, uh, well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it had one of the most significant um, uh, impacts on me. It was, it was called The Green Beret by Robin Moore. I read it. Just in, in his mid seventies, um, and and when I went to join the army in nineteen eighty, that's what I knew. I said, "Show me what you have on the green berets." And he got the, the recruiter put it plugged in like a little eight track thing on TV and showed me all the stuff and said, "Okay, where do I sign?" So so that book had a, a very significant impact. Um, there were so many books; it's hard. I, I one one book we had to read in in ROTC that I thought, "Oh, great! This is going to be a, a drag." But actually, it was one of those I read from beginning to end fairly quickly because it was really good. And that was uh, Killer Angels by uh, Michael Schar. Oh. Yeah. I think they made a TV series out of it. uh, Gettysburg uh, Turner Broadcast System did way back when um, at one point. Very
0: cool. Okay. What is your least Least favorite
2: book? Least favorite is going to be um, Trinity by Leon Uris because... Um, you know, I read Topaz and Exodus by Leon Uris. and oh, he's got some good stuff, and then back in, I think, 1977 time frame, uh, Trinity came out with all those hooplas, oh, great, I'm going to get it, I, I didn't even get past the first couple of chapters, I don't think. Um, oh. it, it was, yeah, it was it was a drag.
1: <laughs> that's always like, I think that's always like heartbreaking when you find an yeah. author and you really enjoy the work, and then yeah. you come out with a new book, and it's yeah. like, what
2: happened? <laughs> exactly. That was one of those <laughs> those Um Other other authors of note that I, I liked reading was Alistair MacLean's books. You know, like Where Eagles Dare, Breakheart Pass. Some of those exciting little pocket books. And uh, when Tom Clancy came on the scene in the early eighties, uh, Hunt for Red October and Clear and Present Danger. I was reading those. Uh, so the
0: series yeah. yeah so you write um romance books do you read romance books
2: um not hardly
1: <laughs> oh, interesting. That's interesting. Because, so.
2: I, I, I figured it would be uh, a breakout breakout hmm, let's try this see how this goes and now there's no way i would have been able to pull that off it didn't have anything military to do with it
0: No, uh, understandable. And we we talked about on the other podcast that military is the theme. I'm just curious because going into the realm of the romance, the realm of romance, I should have a theme song that says that. Um, (laughs) uh, The realm of romance, uh, it is a, what kind of feedback have you gotten on your romance books from the romance part, not the military part, the romance part?
2: Well, um, on 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 that amazon site for that book love in a house war i think there are like 17 or 18 um reviews and some of them are pretty good um or actually all the reviews are good i don't know if they differentiated the military part versus the love part other than uh you, you know i got a lot of i we can really i can really identify with those characters i can really um feel what they're going through and a lot of it was Spoke, written by a man who who, who was very detailed act like he was there he knew the land and all that kind of stuff you know um but th- those were most of the um uh feedback i am trying to recall if there was anything about the love story it's i think there might have been a couple but i i don't remember it's been a while since i've most most of those um reviews happened shortly after the um book was published and just like you were saying because nobody can find me i guess all all these reviews i do have are are from way back when they were first published a
1: fun fact and this is a a good informational uh, tidbit for any author listening is you can contact amazon and give them the list of isbn numbers or even the url links to the different editions of it and ask them to consolidate the editions onto a single detail and it brings all those reviews
2: together yep. I, I have done that for some of them yes
1: very cool did you find it um
0: difficult at all to write the romance parts I'm, I'm not going to ask you that on the military parts because I doubt you found it difficult to write the <laughs> military parts but on the romance parts did you find that difficult at all
2: there's a little challenging coming from the the female's perspective um not not so much from the the, the soldier male's perspective but from hers, yes, and, and in fact, um, she wasn't really an American. I, I used I used a, a multicultural cultural girl whose father was Russian, mother was from Uzbekistan. She was born in Afghanistan, and, and she had a Muslim background, and this soldier is a Christian background. So I, I try to merge um, my own experience with mixing the Christian Muslim, and and my relationship with young young ladies and and when I when I say that um not not so much romantic because when I was in Iraq um and I was a leader um I had uh oh probably I would say about 10 uh, Iraqis working for me in in the um, in the embassy it was, it was uh, one of Saddam's old palaces and they were all about middle 20s age females um that were they Muslim in background mostly. I got to know them really well, and I even learned some um, Arabic and talked with them. <clears throat> so I kind of think I used most of their background for this girl I put in Afghanistan. Um, wh- what they might, what she might be thinking in, in terms of her relationship with an American soldier.
0: Yeah, uh, question. Like, have do when you? Because I know you said me, or mentioned in the
1: uh, first your first podcast that. Your wife does a lot of, you know, reads through and checks for grammatical errors. So, is she beta reading also for the aspect of like the, the romance part from a woman's perspective. Or do you have any other females that read your stories just to kind of give you insight onto like what like what we would consider going into a story?
2: Well, my my daughter in law um, read Love in the House of War and even even. Um, uh, had a review on it on Amazon. It was really good. She gave it a five star, and she's one of the ones talking about identifying with the characters and and it was realistic. So I'm I'm assuming she also meant from the girls' uh, perspective as well. So, so.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 always interesting when you talk to a male that writes a, a male female romance, or even a male that writes a female female romance. That happens, and it's it's interesting <laughs> sometimes because. Um, I don't think it's taken into consideration of the either side because I've also seen females write romance and they don't write the
1: males quite the way they would be yes. this one right here. Yeah. <laughs> All my main characters are male because it's easier for me to to link with because I was a tomboy growing up. So right. you don't always have that. And so sometimes when the,
0: the males write the romance and stuff, you're reading it and you're like, but this dame walks into the office, and you're like, "What the hell yep. is going
2: on?" <laughs> well, you you, you know, uh, um, I, I don't by any means consider myself uh, an expert on on females. Of course, I had my mom. I'm, I'm I married to my wife for around 39 years soon. Uh, I have question. a daughter. And I have a daughter-in-law, and I have um, out of the six grandkids, I have three granddaughters, and so, and one of them's 13. And so, I, I know. Uh, um, and, and of course, in my in my uh, prior uh, pre-married days, when I traveled around the the countryside and around there, I, I met female or girls from all walks of life: from Chicago, from the hills of Tennessee, from Mexico—you you name it. So, so they're they are multicultural background. Um, there there are a lot of variances for sure, but there's a lot of common things through through I'm at as well. So.
0: No, totally. No, I think it's great.
1: It's it's awesome. Okay, so you were a bit of a military brat. I think it's the term they use that you guys get to travel and, and go everywhere. And but it's they were often, missionaries, but they were missionaries. That's different. than That's Military brat. This, is what, this is
2: what yeah. happens when you yeah. have
1: too Do much whiskey. Whiskey. Whiskey
2: kids are called MKs. There's there's a big subculture of MKs out there. Uh, of uh, writers and whatnot, but, yeah, military brats do exist. Our kids are military brats, and they traveled around the world and country like, just like we did as missionary kids, so they're very similar. Very similar. See? Yeah. See? Okay, what
1: See? was your question? Okay. Do you remember what was? No. <laughs> no. You don't remember what the question was? Hold on. I'm, th- I'm doing the thinking phase.
2: Military brat. <laughs> 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 You're
1: taking me back to it. You're taking me yeah. back to it. Um... Do you think, without that experiences in your life, that it would have changed your writing and storytelling drastically?
2: Oh, that definitely. i mean if if I didn't have such a wide variety of um of a lifestyle and I, I always try to imagine the thing that's foreign to me to imagine is is uh, growing up and living in one place all your life that that doesn't seem possible to me. Uh, the only way I know a little bit about that is, when the army sent me here to Orlando in 1998, um, we've been here now 22 years. That's the most I've ever been in one place. That's the, that's the best I can get of growing up in one place, watching kids like, like this 16 year old across the street, for example, who's helping me with the journal. And, and she's also, Oh, I forgot to tell you about the, uh, comic book millennial girl. Comic
1: book. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I'll send you some info on that too. But anyway, she's helping me but, I remember coming back from war my first year, and she was just born. She was a baby. Now here she is, 16, a junior in high school. I've never experienced things like that where where, uh, you grow up in one place and see these kind of things and and watch people age and grow, you know, like that. So
1: would you consider writing – I'm going to throw an idea. Here we go. Because story idea squirrel. Uh, (laughs) Writing – a small town romance where military transplants and roots for the first time.
2: Yeah. I mean, that that could work. Yeah. yeah. That
1: sounds awesome. <laughs> okay. Is, is this
0: you giving somebody else stories? Cause I won't let you squirrel out of the story. <laughs> I'm going to watch this from now on. If you're going to be doing this with the podcast, guests, you're like, I can't write this story, but because I'll get in trouble, but here you go. <laughs> like, Awesome, <laughs> sure,
2: <Valerie. laughs> but, you, you know since it came up, and I, I did forget, um, the the girl across the street is an awesome artist. I'll send you a couple of samples of her work. And uh, we we have a a uh, comic book uh, about the millennial girl, the 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 uh, first female Green Beret, and uh, battling you know against the bad guys, evils, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so we're we're at the point there. Um, where we have one, we got all the stuff put together. I need to go to a print shop and get it bound and all that kind of do all that kind of stuff, and then, then try to market it. You know, hit, hit the beaten trail and, and, and uh, send send uh, you know a proposal letter and samples to like Scout Comics or Marvel, Comics or whoever, and say, hey, look, uh, here's what we're doing. Here's our new character and yada yada. yada. And you know, are you interested? That kind. Of, so we're we're right getting right into that stage right now.
0: That's super That's exciting. Cool what Was that her idea or your idea? Well, who came up with the comic book idea?
2: Well, I did actually uh, a couple years ago. In fact, this past year, uh, earlier in a year, um, I, I well, let, let me back up. It was either a year or two years ago. Um, I started with this artist who um, had to stop. We, we only got to like through a preview and um, she was having some domestic issues at home and had to go into hiding and so i was looking for an artist so this past year in january i um i put out a solicitation on my social media hey if any of you are are, are artists and like to draw characters um uh, contact me and that, out of the blue and i didn't even know it uh, the lady across the street says well my daughter Michaela, you know her 16 she does that so we, we, she came over with her, and uh, I was looking at some of her samples and said, "Oh yeah, this, this is great. This would be perfect." You know. So, uh, yeah, we we've been doing that um, since then, and she's pretty much got the first comic complete now, with with the uh, all the panels and the color. And she's, she's wow, almost,
0: that is really awesome. Yeah. Super awesome. So I have a question. Besides your wife, have you actually had somebody formally edit any of your work?
2: Uh yes. Uh, um, if you don't count um, I-Universe and Tate with the claims that they did, there was um, another, um, actually two others. One um, from Australia on Love and the House of War. And, it, it you know, I didn't even, I didn't even uh, use much of hers because everything that she sent back was pretty much a rewrite. I mean, the whole, everything was different. Uh, oh wow! That, that was for that love in the house of war. It was it was like she was putting her story in there. Said, ah, this can't work. The other one was um, from Indie United Publishing House on that 21st century pulps, the the short stories. Now, um, when I when I put that anthology together, that was through Indie United Publishing House. When I uh, I don't know. They're not really a a hybrid. They're not really a traditional publisher. They allow you to use their um, uh, platform as as one of their authors. And they had an editor that they recommended, and and I used. In fact, she was the one I met at the uh, last book fair I went to. We used to go to um, uh, a book fair, Indie Author Fest, once a year here in Orlando started back in 2015 but last year was was the last one they didn't have one this year and uh, that's where i met this uh, editor and, and and she's she's the one that told me about indie united publishing house and um so for that for them it, you pay five dollars a month and and uh for their services of marketing they they put out and whatnot and be part of their newsletter and all, all that and um and of course you pay them the I think it's 25 or 30 for the ISBN that goes. I even asked her, well, what's the difference between the ISBN you're giving me and the one I get on, on Amazon um, if I self-publish? And he said, "This the one that we give you goes further out the different venues and bookstores and whatnot, plus we get you on the Library of Congress, um, whatever kind of thing. So, I mean, you probably know about that as much as more than me maybe. But uh, anyway, so in a way, I signed on with Indie United Publishing House. But they they know that you're the indie author, and and uh, you you do what you want with your book. And if you want to take it through them, they'll they'll format it for you, which and they'll edit it. But of course, that costs. Yeah, uh, th- those kind of things. So I don't know if that's anything like four Horsemen or not. But I'll, I'm looking forward. To it. No, 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 no.
0: that's okay, <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i look forward to hearing from you
0: yeah no totally um i i wondered because you've had a very rough i'm going to be honest very rough journey with your books you know was, uh, from everything you've told us from what you've gone through and you persevered let's talk about your covers for a moment because you, some of your covers are just brilliant do you find how do you find your covers or what do you do there not the ones that the weird indie presses and stuff because some of those were yeah. Interesting. Um, that was my nice word. I'm doing quotations. Interesting. But um, the good covers. How did you? How did you go about that? Well,
2: it's interesting you bring it up because I have tried so many different folks, and prices for covers range anywhere from about fifty dollars to two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, there was one cover artist who. Um, I, I spotted on Facebook or some somewhere online. And I contact, reached out and contacted her. I said, uh, Wow, this is a really nice cover. What do you charge for your covers? And she said, $500 a piece. And I'm thinking, Okay, thank you very much. Very nice. But, you know, beyond my, my, uh, my budget. However, I saw something come out um, from her site that she had a contest going. If somebody would give her a a quick synopsis of their next book she would do a cover for them for free Whoa. And, yeah so i gave them the synopsis to that stardust the indian scout for george washington
0: yeah
2: and i won she gave me the cover for free so of course, that's not a hard copy yet because I haven't finished writing, but that's that's a cover. I will also, when I send you um, some information like the chapter one and whatnot, I'll send you that cover. That's uh,
0: great.
2: It, it, is, it is the best cover I have seen. Now, the next best one I, I've seen is um, the, the one, she's from Spain. Hers is $200 and I can afford that one time. And, and uh, that was the one I think you all mentioned already you liked was the Duty Recall. Oh,
0: yes. That was yes. yes. a great cover.
2: Yeah, it is. So other than that, it's, it's kind of a hit and miss. You find them on Fiverr. You find them on Facebook. I try a couple of my own. And so, you know, it's, a, it's one of those things.
0: No, it, it, it is a very interesting thing. And I think, you know, that's one of the things as an author goes down that self-publishing route. That can kind of rear its sort of ugly head because you can also have an idea of what you want on yep. your cover, and then yep. trying to bring it to fruition or trying to have it have the impact you want it to have is a very different situation.
1: Yeah, exactly. like for example, uh, Val writes Paranormal Shifter Romance, and I didn't want Half Naked Mid, but my marketer. And everyone in my life was like, Belle, that's the genre. You have to have half-naked band on there. (laughs) And I finally folded this year, and it's been selling on its own. Oh, wow. It's really easy. It's it's so hard because you really have to take off the author hat and nostalgia you know you're just uh, i can't say the word now nostalgic thank you yeah uh emotions and put on that marketer hat and try to disconnect yeah. yourself as much as possible because what is working on the industry also changes so you can't fall in love with the cover there's been like what 20 different covers for stephen king's it because they're revamping it yeah. to bring the sales back up to keep up right. with the friends
2: yeah and, and I've, I've done that too with some of mine uh uh, you probably notice on um, the Amazon author page, there's a lot more books on there than what I've actually written because some are the same. I've tried different covers. Others, uh, you know, I've, I've um, revised and just took that one out of publishing and, and those kind of things. But, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of experimentation with, with covers. But I, don't, I don't know about uh, – I'm an imagery, imagery type of guy. Uh, I like photography. I take a lot of pictures in all my travels. So for me as a reader, and I'm sure not all readers are like this, some go by name and some go by other things, but for me as a reader, if I'm, if I'm scanning the shelves, the, the covers are what kind of attract me first to a particular uh, book. Say, so, oh, this looks cool, and then I'll pick it up and read the back and see what it says about it, and if it interests me, I might get it. If it doesn't, I'll put it back. But uh, the, the, the front cover is what gets my attention the first.
0: It's true, it's, that's the marketing tool, and that's what I think some people take for granted is that there's an exact thing that will grab a reader, and it they, they can't tell how great or how terrible your book is, all they can see is does it visually stimulate them, and do they want to pick it up to go to that next level, which is the blurb, and right. is the blurb or the little mini synopsis you put in your book any good, because if that's not good, you're not going to hook them either, right. and then...
2: right. And you know, that's one week. I might be good at some getting finding people to do covers, but my blurbs are horrible. I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta find people uh, that know how to do blurbs. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, blurbs are all these are little, um, little pieces that you you don't think of because it's interesting when we'll ask um, authors sometimes give us your elevator pitch, which is supposed to be thirty seconds. Tell me about your book and your elevator pitch. Right. I am amazed how many authors cannot give an elevator pitch to their book and i'm like this is you're gonna have a hard time because when you're trying to grab somebody you have to go here's my three sentences to grab you to read my book and that's not always what occurs it's always interesting They i i
2: I admit I'm, i'm one of those that have uh have trouble putting into words what it's really all about and being able to capture it all in, in one little synopsis, you know, is I have to go this way and that way, and yeah, you know, we're kind of kind of like our, our interview here, giving giving you all these explanations, <laughs> you know, where I where I can't really just it's this, you know, like guess. <laughs> but
0: no, ex- trust me, that's that's a, that's an artist thing, and I think
1: that's pretty normal. We like to blame the drinking, but <laughs> it, it might be just an author thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I could You're
1: be. Iced tea. Yeah.
2: Yes, and guava. <laughs> <I'm
0: laughs> <gonna laughs> I, I,
2: I did not spike it.
0: <laughs> so you said you've gone to a lot of conventions, right? You go to? Do you go to a lot, or only been to one kind of convention?
2: No, um, I, I don't go to a lot. Um, there was one that uh, they had here in Orlando once a year. The, the um, uh, Orlando Indie Author Fest, um, Book Fest. Um,
1: and and yeah, I don't know if you
2: ever came across the names of Mandy Stevens or yep. uh, Tadra. And now, um,
1: yep. and now it's called Orlando Reads Books, I think, or is what they've shifted it to and it was canceled. Yeah, it was movie.
2: Indie Author Book Fest we had once a year in Orlando for, for the like four days. I always signed up for that one. And, um, you, you know, I had, had some. Had a little bit of a spike during those time periods, but that, that was about it. But the, the last one was a year ago, and um, I don't think they planned one this year, but I wasn't planning on going to it anyways. And,
0: yeah, I think a lot of things had to get canceled this year. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but did you go just to be there? Or did you set up a booth? Have you actually set oh, up a no, booth? Yeah, I, I,
2: I, uh, I had a table with all my books, yep.
0: How was that interacting with uh, readers and stuff?
2: It was very fun inter- interacting with the readers and I, I gained uh, several fans, you know, a dozen or so. and um, um, so I send newsletters out to about a dozen or so. Um, two years not this not the one last year, the one two years ago, I was I was featuring that uh, comic book with the, the first artist. And there I got a lot of um, interest in that but that's what shortly after that's when that first artist had to drop out and, and then it kind of left me in a hole for for a period of time um, but and, that, and that's why we're picking up again on the comics I haven't given that up entirely uh, last last year though at, at the uh, book fest um, I don't think I made one sale it was probably my worst one and that's why I just said ah, I'm not going to come back next year <laughs> so
0: no, I understand. You know, and it, there is a whole method to doing conventions, too. That's it's all yeah. these tricks of the trade that, you know, um, uh, that you, you never yeah. learn, as, learn as an author. You don't get, there's, there's some guides, but it's not nearly
1: as easy no, as it's supposed no. to be. And you have, yeah, and some conventions and conferences are meant for author-reader interaction, while others are being for genre, and you're competing with more than just authors, and if you show up as the only sci-fi guy to a romance one, chances are you're actually not going to sell much because they're there to look for romance novels.
2: Yeah. So there's this,
1: always that. that
2: exactly. And I, and I think in this case, there there wasn't too many um, uh, readers there looking for anything military. And of course, mine's got all got a military theme. Yeah.
0: Well, you know that. You know, that doesn't matter. It's all, we're, we're going to talk offline. We're going to talk offline. Okay. <laughs> not on the podcast. Okay. So, Scott, tell people how to find you. Shameless self-promotion.
2: Well, um, if you Google my name, make sure you Google Major Scott A. Meehan, only because if you just Google Scott Meehan, you're going to get a lot of it, and you're not going to find my my uh, links. And if you, even if you do Scott A. Meehan, it'll be a little bit better, but not as good as Major Scott A. Meehan, because there's only one of those. And you'll find uh, links, uh, everything from uh, uh, interviews from Lake Nona News to um, uh, Army Times, you, you know, to to uh, a lot of different book links. Major Scott A. Meehan. Um, other than that, I'm on Twitter. Um, What's your uh, Twitter handle? Okay, it's... Uh, that one, I, I think I just changed it. It was Scott, um, uh, Capital A, Capital M E E H A N. Scott A Meehan. and uh, there was a couple that had the uh, my middle name, Alan, in there somewhere. I I, I, sh- I should have written that down ahead of time, but I'll I'll get that to you.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's okay. You're going to send it to us. We will put yes, it in the
2: Yes, I'll send that there. to you. Sorry. So because I am, I am on, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, uh, three different Facebooks and, um, even LinkedIn, LinkedIn's, uh, I got a lot of folks on LinkedIn that, that, uh, look at some of my, my, uh, what I put up there on books, I usually put some stuff up there on books. But yeah, I- interesting enough, uh, probably the most followers I have is on LinkedIn. I, I don't know why. Maybe I, because I have a picture of me in a suit and tie and I look professional. But I have like sixteen thousand uh, 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 connected on uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Twitter, I can't get past eight thousand for some reason. Oh,
0: there's a technique to Twitter, my friend. Yeah, you sure have that. to you have yeah. to go down that rabbit hole. It's completely nah. different. Anyway. Okay. okay. All right. So let's um thank you so much thank again you. for being on the podcast with us. It has been really exciting getting to meet you and everything like that. We will you'll send me an email, we'll connect again okay. after that. I've been your host, Erica Lance. I've been Valerie Willis,
1: and I'm Vanessa Valiente.
0: And Scott Meehan has been our guest, so thank yes. you again. And,
2: and thank you very much, Erica and, and Vanessa and Valerie. I appreciate this time and it was a pleasure talking with you all.
0: Thank Wonderful. You. Okay.